It's Pride Month, a time when bars and street festivals across the U.S. are typically lively and crowded. I think people are going to be everywhere celebrating. As cities try to organize safe Pride events, some feel optimism. You know, we were adrift and there's a big gay flotilla coming to rescue us. <laughs> we're all going to get back to normal soon. On the next Morning Edition from NPR News. Beginning tomorrow morning at 5 on 89.1 WEMU. afternoon. How's it going, y'all? Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Grooveyard. My name is Daniel Long. I do greatly appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with me today on a uh, beautiful but hot Sunday afternoon. It's currently 87 in Ypsilanti, 85 in Ann Arbor, 85 out in Chelsea right now on our way up to 88 degrees under mostly sunny skies, partly cloudy in the overnight, lows in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, highs in the mid-80s, chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 o'clock tomorrow, uh, and lasting until about 2 a.m. So uh, we are looking at, and you know, this time of year when the temperatures go up, uh, those thunderstorms have the potential to be a little, a little volatile. This week in the Grooveyard, along with my Coltrane Pick of the Week, you and I are going to kick off the 60th anniversary celebration of Impulse Records, known as the house that Train built. And today we are going to hear from J.J. Johnson, J.J. Uh, Johnson and Kai Winding, uh, Ray Charles, Oliver Nelson, and so much more. And all this is going to take us to 3 o'clock when Jessica Webster shows up with the in crowd. It's the first Sunday of the month, so that means Jessica's bringing all vocalists with her today in the in crowd. So get to celebrate uh, that, uh, that unique human instrument, the voice. You can let me know what you think of the Grooveyard by giving me a call at 888-299-8910. Shoot me an email, studio at wemu.org or you can hit up our facebook page wemu fm technology has provided opportunities for preserving indigenous languages but for the maori uh, they are having a different battle with preserving their language and that's big tech attempting to commodify their language uh, wired uk ran a really great article about this I thought you would want to read it, so I put it up over on the Facebook page for you to check out. We are going to start today off with a little Hampton Hawes and the green leaves of summer. A little blue skies here for you at your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU.
The EMU Board of Regents will hold its June board meeting via the EMU YouTube channel Thursday, June 10th at 2 p.m. Complete details at emish.edu slash regents. Thank you. 
WEMU comes from you, our listeners, and the Ann Arbor Area Transportation Authority, offering free transportation to the Washtenaw County Health Department vaccine site at EMU for individuals with an appointment. Visit theride.org for more information. We just heard from pianist Judah Hip. Uh, Judah was an up-and-coming piano player. She was just absolutely remarkable. Um, she uh, recorded uh, in Germany for a while, and then when she moved to the United States, um, she recorded for Blue Note, and then she just kind of disappeared. Um, and it was later revealed it, essentially uh, an anxiety disorder that uh, just really uh, uh, kind of was crippling and, 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 and hindered her her piano playing, and she just stopped. Um, and it's a shame, too, because just absolutely masterful. There we heard her with Zoot Sims uh, doing, doing the Learner and Low number, almost. Like Being in Love, this is off of the Blue Note date from July of 1956. Judah Hip with Zoot Sims. Before that, we started off with Hampton Hawes and The Green Leaves of Summer, the Contemporary Records release doing uh, that masterful uh, Irving Berlin number, Blue Skies. Really great. I love it. Absolutely love it. My name is Daniel Long, and you are hanging out here in the Grooveyard today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for hanging out and showing your support of WEMU. Our fiscal year is rapidly coming to a close. We only got about 24 more days uh, until the end of the fiscal year. And we are, uh, give or take, uh, about $165,000 shy of where we would like to be. You can help out and make a gift at WEMU.org. And, uh, now make your support for uh, WEMU, especially if you have never given to the radio station. Your support and your gift goes to uh, pay for all of us here on the weekend. All of the voices you hear on WEMU are paid for through listener contributions. That's that's right, all of us. Me, Michael Jewett, Nick Thompson, Jessica Webster, Wendy Wright, Lisa Berry, anybody you hear on the air. We're paid for through your contributions. And, and that's music and news. So make your gift today, WEMU.org. Click the Donate button in the upper right-hand corner. And make sure you start your day and every day 
with WEMU and Morning Edition. Tomorrow is part of our local commitment to Morning Edition. You're going to hear an all-new Washington All United. The United Way's National Day of Action falls on and around June 18th every year. And locally, volunteer opportunities abound in the effort to create a more equitable community. But with the pandemic still very much a part of our lives, much of the work will have to be done remotely and virtually. United Way of Washtenaw County Senior Development Associate Madeline Garcia will provide all the information that you need to know to get involved with the National Day of Action. You can hear that tomorrow, 749 and 949, as part of our local commitment to Morning Edition. Coltrane Pick of the Week coming at you, give or take 30 minutes or so, uh, as well as the feature on uh, the kickoff to our celebration of Impulse Records. But right now, uh, I thought we would give a listen to one more piano player. What do you think? I I, I think it's going to be just what we need. This is the title cut to Detroiter Barry Harris's Riverside Date. Premonado, and he's joined by fellow Detroiter Elvin Jones on drums. Premonado here for you at your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU.
It's 89.1 WEMU. Daniel Long, you're here in the Grooveyard. And I'm Wendy Wright, and this is From Memphis to Motown. Right here on your community NPR station. You're in with the in crowd here on 89.1. And heard around the world at WEMU.org. That's where you're at, 89.1 WEMU. 3 o'clock blues time, 89.1 WEMU. I'm Michael Jewett, Michigan's own Larry McRae. 89.1 WEMU, your community NPR station.
The Grooveyard here at your community NPR station 89.1 WEMU. A little wild rice for you. Courtesy of Eddie Lockjaw Davis. The Riverside date is called Afro Jaws. And it has a... Has Lockjaw with a uh, tribal like mask thing that looks like it's about to eat him uh, on the cover. Uh, I... Not gonna lie, I, ha- I was not originally familiar with the album. I I like to dig through uh, dig through the stacks here at WEMU and see what I can find, see what I can pull out. And I was like, eh, Afro Jaws. I went with it and I pulled it out and I was like, oh, okay, um, yeah, cool, striking album cover. Let's play it. And so listen to a couple things and. Sure enough, Wild Rice really stuck out there. Before that, we heard Bella Rosa from Clifford Brown's, uh, the Clifford Brown Memorial album. Uh, that number was recorded in June of 1953. Uh, a group that included Philly Joe Jones, Percy Heath, Lou Donaldson, and Elmo Hope. Bella Rosa, an Elmo Hope original composition. We started off with the title cut to Barry Harris's Premonado on Riverside and music there uh, with fellow Detroiter Elvin Jones. My name is Daniel Long. I hope you're doing well. You doing okay? You beating the heat? I hope so. I hope I'm kind of uh, helping that cause a little bit. Uh, and uh, hopefully... Uh, you're digging what you hear. You can always let me know what you think of the program by uh, shooting me an email, studio at WEMU.org. You can hit up our Facebook page and send a message that way, WEMU-FM on Facebook. If you've come down to Top of the Park early, you know, you know uh, 5, 5.30 uh, on, a, uh, on any given week, uh, you might have seen or even participated in a capoeira demonstration. But what exactly is this form of kind of dance martial arts? Well, I found a really just awesome article examining the roots of capoeira, in the cultural roots as well as the, uh, uh, the historical roots of it. I thought you would, might want to check it out, so I put it up over at the Facebook page. Give it a read. It's a, it's really great. Uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it. We are going to hear a Coltrane Pick of the Week here in just a few moments. Uh, it's going to come a little bit early, uh, but I thought we'd squeeze in one more piano player today. And uh, I don't know why. I just, today felt like a piano day, right? So uh, how about a little Bill Evans? Yeah. I hope so. I hope you enjoy it. This is the Bill Evans Riverside Date Portrait in Jazz, recorded December of 1959, doing a little witchcraft.
Grooveyard here at your community NPR station 891 WEMU. Bill Evans, Scott LaFaro, Paul Motion, recorded December 29th, 1959, at the Reeves Sound Studio in New York City. A little witchcraft for you. Recorded for Riverside Records and released as Portraits in Jazz courtesy of Bill Evans. Support for WEMU comes from you, our listeners, and Bank of Ann Arbor. They can't help when your battery is at 1%, but they can help you with mobile banking. Bank of Ann Arbor helps. How can they help you? Visit bankofannarbor.com. Member F-D-I-C. My name is Daniel Long. You're hanging out here in the Groove Yard today. I greatly appreciate it. 90 degrees in Ypsilanti, 88 in Ann Arbor, 87 up in Brighton right now. Mostly sunny skies, partly cloudy in the overnight, uh, lows in the mid to upper 60s. Tomorrow, there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms uh, between 2 p.m. and 2 a.m. starting tomorrow. Mostly cloudy highs in the mid-80s for, actually for most of the week, uh, highs in the mid-80s. So uh, hopefully, I'm going to, fingers crossed here, hopefully those uh, showers will hold off. Uh, My kids got, uh, they have field day. This is their last week of school and they have field day. And uh, they have been super pumped for field day. So I'm really hoping that, that they get they get to have it because if not, I'm going to have two very, very unhappy campers on my hands. <laughs> you are listening to your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU. You're hanging out here in the Grooveyard today. My name is Daniel Long. 
And it is time for my Coltrane pick of the week this week. And uh, this week's pick is going to help us kick off the 60th anniversary birthday, whatever you want to call it, celebration of Impulse Records. Uh, It is the great Coltrane Quartet Plus 10 is how it was kind of marketed. Uh, Africa Brass, recorded uh, in two different sessions, May 23rd and June 4th of 1961, was later released in November of 61 uh, as Impulse, I believe it's uh, A6. If I am correct, let me take a look. A6, that's right. Uh, And it was composed of three... uh, They laid down more than... um, More than actually made it on to the recording. Uh, It didn't... um, It didn't do well critically when it was released. Um... If uh, it was praised, but with some qualification, um, uh, Downbeat actually complained that if one looks for melodic development or even some sort of technical order or logic, he may find none here. And uh, I mean, so we've got Coltrane who just spent the last two years uh, at. Atlantic really honing and finding a sound that he felt he could expand on. And he felt he found it here. And this is where we grow from here. Uh, We grow for the A Love Supremes and uh, Interstellar Space and Expressions. We're going to take a listen to uh, that great uh, folk number. That it was recorded, it was the first number on the B-side. I'm talking about Green Sleeves, my Coltrane Pick of the Week, here for you at your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti. Listener-supported public radio from Eastern Michigan University online at WEMU.org.
You're listening to Your Community, NPR Station, 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti. Listener-supported public radio from Eastern Michigan University. For contact information, program updates, and for how to support WEMU, please visit WEMU.org. Good music makes you feel things, makes you want to dance, reminds you of wonderful memories in your past. That's what we try to do here on WEMU with the jazz that we play, and you can hear it Sundays at 3 o'clock on The In Crowd with me, Jessica Webster. We'll swing for two hours and remember and dance and have a great time. Tune in 3 o'clock Sunday on 89.1 WEMU, your community NPR station. Jessica Webster on the way at 3 o'clock with uh, the In Crowd, and she's got nothing but singers in the In Crowd today. It is the first Sunday of the month, so the all-vocal version of the In Crowd coming at you in about an hour. Until then, you get to hang out with me, and we are celebrating. That's right. My name is Daniel Long. You're hanging out here in the Groove Yard, and we are celebrating 60 years of Impulse Records. Impulse was uh, founded as a subsidiary of ABC uh, Paramount, uh, known as Ampar, uh, and it kind of came together through one man's vision. Uh, and sadly, uh, that man was only at the label for about six months. And then he got tapped to uh, go to Verve Records. Uh, the kind of impetus behind uh, behind Impulse Records was... Uh, it came from a man named Creed Taylor. Creed had worked in the record industry. Uh, he had um, made his name as a producer of um, kind of uh, uh, larger ensemble, but also a smaller group. So Empire was kind of situated in the fact that uh, it was one of the fledgling groups, but uh, uh, record labels, but they had power uh, because they could take uh, acts from the Mickey Mouse Club or uh, from other uh, afternoon um, or, or early evening television shows and they can record them right there. Boom. Then they so they were really in the pop um, circuit. And Creed Taylor came over from Bethlehem Records, and he had this vision. He knew what he didn't like. He did not like sprawling, uh, which actually there's kind of an irony to this. Um, he did not like, you know, sprawling in terminal uh, 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 solos that spiraled out of control and just... He liked real tight productions. Um, and I say there's an irony to it because, because um, the first four recordings that uh, they... Uh, actually, the first four or 
five, let's say five, that they did for Impulse uh, were that kind of tight, um, you know, three, four, maybe six minute at the longest, eight, if you're really pushing it. And then they signed John Coltrane. And Coltrane comes in, and he wants to do this big band brass thing. And what you get is you get a 16-minute Africa number that takes up the entire side of an LP. Uh, so there is kind of an irony to it. But so uh, the the idea came to Creed, and he, he kind of sat and he pondered on it while producing these pop. And he just kind of real quiet. Uh, and then he, once he had everything fleshed out, and I mean everything, the cadencing of the, the albums, what the, what the gatefold, he wanted to do gatefold albums. Uh, he wanted um, very specific imaging on the albums, uh, the color scheme of the label, everything down to a T. Then he presented it to the higher ups at uh, Ampar and said, this is a label I want to launch. And he chose orange and black for two reasons. One, uh, he said, you know, there are two ways of looking at an LP. There's on, you know, on the coffee table or there's on the bookshelf. And I want my records to stick out. So he chose orange because nobody was using orange at the time. And he, he wanted to call it Pulse because he, he thought we've got the, the finger on it. But there was another label called Pulse. And then he got the brilliant idea. And he's, he's not sure. He actually uh, says in Ashley Kahn's book, The House That Train Built, he actually says, you know, I don't know if it was my idea or if it was uh, my art director's idea, but call it Impulse with an exclamation point. So the exclamation point mirrors the dotted I at Impulse. And it was the new wave of jazz is on impulse. And that was their tagline. Their first four recordings, they recorded and released almost all at the same time. They were uh, um, two friends, or the first one was two friends that he had worked with at Bethlehem, J.J. Uh, Johnson and Kai Winding. And then they took a gamble and they signed Ray Charles um, and... Ray Charles was number two, Gil Evans was number three, and Oliver Nelson was number four. Creed really wanted to work with arrangers, and they released them in real quick succession because they wanted Impulse to make a stamp on the industry. And so we're, that's, we're actually going to listen to the first four recordings with no interruption. Because that's 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 kind of how. So we're gonna hear. Uh, well, I take that back. That we're missing. We don't have one of the the albums here at the station. So we're gonna listen to four out of the first five, and we're gonna start. It's kind of funny. The very first cut on the very first Impulse record was called "This." Could be the start of something big. Thank you. 
the Groove Yard, here at your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU. Bill Bow song. We just heard from three of the first four Impulse recordings to make the scene in 1961. Bill Bow's song was from Gil Evans and his orchestra. The album, Out of the Cool. Uh, Gil was known for that kind of West Coast cool sound. And this was uh, to kind of highlight the shift uh, to a different um, you know, uh, a, a different era in the music. And Bill Bowsong was one of, uh, it was a Kurt Weill, uh, Bertolt Brecht number that was chosen. And, um, it, the reason Gil wanted to use it was specifically to highlight that really, expansive uh, bass sound that could come from, well, you guessed it, none other than Detroiter Ron Carter. Uh, joined on the recording uh, was fellow Detroiter Elvin Jones, who uh, Gill asked uh, uh, Coltrane if he could pull um, Elvin in for this session. And as Gill would tell it, it was made in, a, in an afternoon. What actually happened was there were three rehearsals in the studio. Uh, that was kind of w how much faith the upper brass had in Creed Taylor's vision. They allowed him three to 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 book th technically four different studio sessions. Uh, so Gil Evans and the orchestra could rehearse, and then they just laid down all six of the tracks in one shot. Boom. Before that, we heard uh, the Ray Charles uh, orchestra and group from his genius plus soul equals jazz. Uh, they, uh, you know, Ray had built uh, this reputation at Atlantic as the genius, and uh, you know, and 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 then he was offered this just ridiculous contract by ABC. Uh, Paramount, and it, it was speculated it was like $50,000 guaranteed a year, plus he got to keep all the rights to his music, um, and just, like, for the time, unheard of, and they took a gamble on that, and it did really well, um, and they were really happy with it, and we started off with the J.J. Johnson and Kai Winding this could be the something. Uh, this could be the start of something big. The great Kai and JJ, again, large group, spent time in the studio, uh, and and it really showed what faith uh, Ampar had in Creed Taylor, and it paid off in dividends. Uh, at the time, record labels worked very closely with. Uh, with record stores there there weren't a whole lot of distribution services they worked with the labels uh, and there was a, a gentleman who at creed uh, is quoted in ashley khan's book as saying you know uh, uh, this guy from this one record store he called me up and he said hey man 
I just want to tell you, my customers aren't coming in asking for what's new. They're coming in asking for what's new on Impulse. That's how big of an influence these four recordings had uh, on uh, jazz retail sales, which was kind of unheard of at the time. It was awesome. So with that, uh, they shifted and they uh, they started really working with Creed and kind of pouring money into uh, the Impulse label. And uh, we go from one arranger with Gil Evans to another We'll get to that in just a second. The locally produced jazz programs you hear on WEMU are made possible with help from Bank of Ann Arbor. Bank of Ann Arbor loves to help. And support for WEMU comes from you, our listeners, and the Ann Arbor Area Transportation Authority. Offering free transportation to the Washtenaw County Health Department vaccine site at EMU for individuals with an appointment. Visit theride.org for more information. So Creed really liked the idea of working with arrangers and um, had kind of seen the label as uh, a way to do kind of one-offs, um, you know, like J.J. Uh, Johnson and Kai Winding, like Gil Evans. And he approached Oliver Nelson and we get uh, what came out of this was this absolutely masterful recording that to this day just really stands the test of time is one of the um one of the top you know you think hey what's a what's an amazing piece of work that somebody you know i love supreme kind of blue but you might also hear blues and the abstract truth you know what is that what what is that's that's kind of where they were going with uh, Impulse Records. So this is uh, Impulse Records A5, The Blues and the Abstract Truth, the fifth recording to come out, and of course, the quintessential number from that recording, Stolen Moments. <laughs> Thank you. 
991 Jazz is filled with fantastic sounds from swing to bop, cool to hot. You'll hear it all and more. I'm Michael Jewett. Join me for a mix of new sounds, classic tracks, rare gems, and even the occasional surprise. That's weekdays from 10 to noon and again at 2, 891 Jazz on your community NPR station, 891 WEMU.
Grooveyard here at your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU Art Blakey, Jazz Messengers, lots of exclamation points. That's how it was marketed. Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, a fantastic lineup, uh, one of the best uh, messengers lineups. If you ask me, just my humble opinion, everybody's got their favorite messengers lineup. But I mean, Lee Morgan, Curtis Fuller, Wayne Shorter, Bobby Timmons, and Jimmy Merritt. I can't say much more than that. It's amazing. Uh, that was the number called Circus. And uh, in between. Uh, this Art Blakey and the Oliver Nelson, uh, the blues and the abstract truth, uh, was where Coltrane's Africa Brass fell. And uh, Africa Brass actually um, was technically the second to the last, but really the last session that Creed Taylor really produced for Impulse. Uh, he got a call from Norman Granz over at Verve and um, asking, he said, you know, I really need a producer who's got a good head on their shoulders. And, uh, you know, uh, the Cree kind of talked it over with the heads there at Ampar, and it was kind of agreed, you know what, they need you more than we do. So um, they they allowed him to kind of split duties. Um, he, because the Verve offices were literally directly across Broadway from the ABC Paramount offices. Um, so he kind of split duties on both sides of the street for a little bit. Uh, he produced, uh, Africa Brass with John Coltrane. He had five, uh, projects that he really wanted to do. Three of them survived. One was the Art Blakey that we just heard. The other, uh, another one was what we're going to hear in just a moment. Uh, the beautiful kind of uh, uh, messaged uh, recording, Percussion Bittersweet from Max Roach, which Roach actually self-produced. Uh, he, he got the producer credit on this one. And then uh, Into the Hot. So we went from Out of the Cool to Into the Hot uh, with Gil Evans in the orchestra. Gil actually tapping Cecil Taylor to do most of the writing on the recording. Uh, and that was actually uh, mixed and uh, uh, mixed and kind of uh, finessed at the Verve Studios, uh, but then released for Impulse Records. My name is Daniel Long. Thanks for hanging out here in the Grooveyard as we dig in and celebrate 60 years of Impulse Records. Today is the first of many uh, in this series. Uh, we won't be going as in-depth uh, and granular. I'm going to try to let the music speak for it, but I thought this kickoff uh, of the celebration, we really got to dig deep because this was kind of uh, not necessarily unheard of, but it was the first time a... Uh, kind of conglomerate like ABC Paramount really kind of tackled uh, the jazz market and it left a huge impression on the retail market uh, and uh, on jazz as a whole. 
Uh, it is hot outside. It's 90 degrees, and we are heating things up here in the groove yard. Uh, 89 in Ann Arbor, 90 in Canton, mostly sunny. Uh, we have blown past our predicted high today, so that's cool. Uh, partly cloudy in the overnight, low around eh, mid-60s. We'll call it 66 is what they say, so mid to upper 60s. Uh, tomorrow, there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms. Actually, uh, there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms for the rest of the week. Uh, it looks like Tuesday night is, it's really, ex there's a higher chance than expected Tuesday and Tuesday night. So, uh, we got that going for us. Uh, and then, uh, moving into Wednesday. So lots of rain for this June, but maybe uh, let's cross our fingers. Hopefully it won't get too sticky. So, uh, after Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, the next project that uh, Impulse released was this um, kind of programmatic album uh, by Max Roach. Uh, Max tapping some newcomers on the scene. Mal Waldron was fairly new at the time. Uh, Julian Priester, Eric Dolphy, uh, but also working with people that uh, he had worked with before, Booker Little. And... Uh, uh, Abby Lincoln. Abby Lincoln actually uh, on vocals here on this particular number, Garvey's Ghost from Percussion Bittersweet at your community NPR station 89.1 WEMU.
Support for WEMU comes from you, our listeners, and Bank of Ann Arbor. They can't help you plant your petunias, but they can help you grow your business. Bank of Ann Arbor helps. How can they help you? Visit bankofannarbor.com, member FDIC. We just heard from Max Roach and his self-produced number, uh, well, album, uh, from Impulse, Impulse a8, the name, uh, the uh, release number, and uh, the the album. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time talking. Is called Percussion Bittersweet, and we heard Garvey's Ghost in the background. Uh, Gil Evans. It's credited as the Gil Evans Orchestra, but Gil actually took a step back and kind of just worked as a arranger and conductor. Uh, and this was. Cecil Taylor and his septet and recorded in October of 61. It was the last date uh, that Creed Taylor produced for the uh, fledgling label. And it's a great place for us to leave off this week. Jessica Webster in with the in crowd coming your way in about nine minutes or so. She's got the all vocal version of the in crowd coming your way today. So stick right here. Lots of live locally hosted music here at WEMU. My name is Daniel Long. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Hopefully I'll talk to you tomorrow in the groove break. If not, I'll hopefully talk to you next week in the Groove Yard where we dive back into Impulse Records this time with Bob Thiel's hand at the helm. Thank you.
You're listening to your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU and WEMUHD1 Ypsilanti. Listener-supported public radio from Eastern Michigan University. For contact information, program updates, and how to support WEMU, visit WEMU.org.